Hi, welcome to This Property Life. My name is Mark Winship, and this week I'm joined by Jill Green and Natalie D'Souza to bust the myth that I can't raise private finance to fund my property deals because I don't know anybody with money. In this episode, we talk about changing your mindset towards money, how to grow your network of contacts, and how important it is never to assume anything about the financial circumstances of the person that you're talking to. For many people, their first foray into raising angel finance can be nerve-wracking and uncomfortable. I hope that the tips that we're going to share with you in this episode, all of which we're implementing ourselves, will help you to unlock the potential within your personal network for funding property deals using private finance. Let's get going. Hi, Jill. Hi, Natalie. Good to see you both. How are you doing? Hello, Hiya. Mark. Nice to see you. I'm doing really well, thank you. Good, excellent. Yeah, Good to hear. Um, so we are talking about, well, we're talking about raising money. We're talking about raising money from angel investors and, and private finance. Uh, I know that's um, a subject matter that's close to, to all of our hearts, but I'm hoping what we can do on this episode is challenge um, a little bit of a misconception that we commonly come across. And if I'll ask you about your experience in a second, but if we're honest, we've probably held this misconception ourselves in the past as well. So we can totally relate to where people are coming from. But this this notion that, yeah, I get the principle of raising money from angel investors, but I don't know anyone that's got any money. So we probably all started from the same place, right, which is we we assume that the only way to get into property investing is we save our hard earned cash for years and years and years until we've accumulated enough to put a deposit down and then we purchase a house and then we wait for another 10 years before we've re- we, we've saved enough to, to repeat the process. And then you find out, well, actually, you can invest other people's money. It doesn't have to be just your money. But then that block quite often comes up, right? Well, I don't know anybody. I don't move in those sort of circles. I don't have rich family members, et cetera, et cetera. So that's what I'm hoping we can sort of challenge a little bit and maybe give some pe- people's some practical solutions around around raising money when you feel like you don't know anybody that's got any money. So where do you guys start with that? What's your thoughts on that? And 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 let's be honest, hands up time. Did I know I certainly felt that at one point in in the past. I certainly came into this and was quite apprehensive about the idea of raising money because you know, it wasn't immediately obvious to me that I have multimillionaire friends that I could just tap up and would sort me out with a credit line. What about you guys? Same, same here. I thought I don't know anyone with money. Um, and, I, and, and the way I was brought up, I'm not comfortable talking about or I wasn't comfortable talking yeah. about money. Um, it was always you buy what you can. You don't ever use credit cards. That's the way I was brought up, really old fashioned. So I've had to change my whole perspective um, and it made me feel very, very uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was probably similar, actually. And I'm Scottish, so we we really don't like to talk about money. Right. And it's not it's probably not even something we talk about if we know people with money, because even looking at that's not not a Scottish thing to do. So. Yeah, when I think back, we bought our first property on a credit card and a loan because we were like adamant we didn't want to take anyone else's money for the first yeah. one, and yeah. which now I realise was like like a bit stupid. Like I, we didn't need to do that. We could have been done it a lot easier and just 
like got angel investment but we were absolutely adamant that we wanted to show show it and i hear a lot of students saying that now and i'm yeah. like listen you don't need to do that um yeah. but yeah i i've i remember sitting i think it was caroline actually who said to us right go and let write out a list of 10 people who you think may have money and she oh, she might as well have like asked <laughs> us to go and like like pick dirty stuff out a bin or something like, I didn't know, like I, that was really hard like just yeah. I don't know about you guys but writing a list of 10 people that you thought had money like yeah. was really really hard and then the thought of actually having to speak to those people <laughs> um but actually um before I come on this call I was actually kind of just reflecting over like all the angel investors that we've had over the years and every single one of them we've actually known or have been yeah. known Same by people we know yeah. mainly yeah. family and family friends yeah which is really interesting um mm. and pretty much all of them bar two we've not had to ask for money and i think that's the other big i think the thing that sets panic off in people like they just yeah. think what are people going to think if i ask them for money and it's mm. getting rid of that thought that I sometimes yeah. think is quite good to to get yeah. into your head. You don't need to yeah. ask for the money. Yeah, I, th I think it's worth unpicking as well what people are actually saying when they say that they don't know anybody with money. Because I think sometimes what they're really saying is I don't know anybody with loads of money. And that would 100% be true of, of sort of my my network. And, and, and it's still the case today. And, you know, we've we've managed to leverage well over a million pounds in angel finance over the last few years but that's not from certainly not from any single investor and it's not from from you know it's not like we've got you know a really sort of rich circle of friends that that we can tap into so i think it's it's challenging that perception as well isn't it that the only way that you can raise money is with you know a sophisticated investor who's got millions of pounds and is maybe you know owns their own businesses and, and what have you but actually like you're saying jill i'm exactly the same by the way like our entire network of 20 plus investors are all friends family you know um extended network if you like working out from that um mine but, too yeah not not anyone that's necessarily you know sat on 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 great sort of hordes of hordes of money and sometimes actually that's a more challenging way of raising money in my experience. Um, really, that the, the people that we find we can best create win-win solutions for are people that have got relatively modest sums of money, probably not modest to them, you know, very, very important sums of money to them, but in the grand scheme of things, modest sums of money who have got that money stashed away in a bank account somewhere that's doing nothing for them. So we don't necessarily need to have a little black book of millionaires, right? No, no, no. You can that either... would be lovely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't say, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You if anyone knows of any, but yeah. <laughs> you could either just put your private, that's what we do a lot, put our private finance document out and ask people if they think that we could change anything. Because even yeah. though we know nothing's going to be changed, it's just a way for them to look at it. Yeah. Yeah, so, so, and then if they make no question of saying that they have any money by the end of it, do you know anybody? Yeah, who might qualify? Yeah, um, and then if they say yes, there will be a drink in it for you yeah. if they go ahead and 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 invest with us. 
I think that's a really key question, actually. We, we use that a lot because it, it kind of kills two birds with one stone. By asking, do you know of anybody that might be interested in getting involved? You're skirting the issue that you were talking about, Jill, of, of sort of head on asking somebody for money or investment or whatever. You're kind of skirting around that because in reality, we know we're asking if they're interested, but but we're not directly asking that question. But also you are genuinely building that network and, and the number of um, investors that we currently work with that have been recommended by other people that already invest with us or family and friends who said, well, actually it doesn't work for me right now, but I know so-and-so has got a little pot of cash and might be interested in doing something. So I think that's a really good tip is to approach it that way. You know, do you know of anybody that might be interested in getting involved? Yeah, and offer them a little sweetener whatever mm. sweetener you want it to be, but yeah. it just gives them that encouragement to do it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, I think as well, like, even in, whether it's a sweet. If you love to travel like me and you understand the power in escaping the money for time exchange trap, but you just don't know how to do it, then building an Airbnb consultancy business could be exactly what you have been looking for. Right now in the UK, there is a completely untapped opportunity through helping struggling Airbnb hosts by turning around their underperforming properties and generating you huge commission payments in the process. We are going to teach you all of the tools and all of the techniques that we've learned over the last five years through building our very own multiple six-figure Airbnb business, arming you with everything that you need to swoop in and save the day. Minimal startup costs, zero risk, and almost unlimited potential. Sound good? Welcome to the Airbnb Consultant. Contact us through any of the channels included in the studio notes to get the conversation started. No, or not, it's just like making sure they know that you really value their input mm. and value what they're seeing. Um, I think that can go a long way and when I think back to like our our close family like our parents and things like that way back in the early days they weren't necessarily investors they are now but um, way back in the early days one thing I really quickly learned was these are the people who could be your biggest advocates um, because it mean they may not have lots of money sitting in the bank but some of their friends may do um, and yeah. um, like them being out for a coffee and whatever, like they always get asked like what what are their kids doing, what are their like family doing and stuff like that. So you kind of want them to be talking about you. Um, and that's actually some sometimes the way that we've ended up getting investment because it's people who like are friends with our relatives. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, the, the, and the key is talking to people, right? Yeah. That, that, that's fundamental to all of this. Absolutely. Is talking to people, letting your passion come through, you know, putting out to the world that, that the stuff that you're doing, you know, the number of times that, you know, I might have somebody, um, I might be supporting a student or something who's you know, struggling to raise money from private finance. And it turns out that, you know, only their immediate family know they're investing in property in the, in the first place. You know, it's really important that you're talking to people. And I think when you make that mindset shift, Jill, that you're talking about around, you're not going with a begging bowl in hand here. This, this is about helping people. This is about bringing people along on the journey with you and you can create benefits to them while obviously you're benefiting at the same time. Um, 
that that's the key, isn't it? Talking to as many people as you can, because the reality is, we talked about this before, jumping on the on the call. Someone someone who's saying I don't know anybody that's got money. I would challenge that right off the bat. Like, you know, 99% of times you, you do. Um, and it's just about talking to as many people as you can. And, and yeah, you have to dig deep as to how, how, I mean, I was telling you earlier, Mark, you know, mm. a friend of mine who knows I invest and other people's money as well, but didn't put two and two together. Mm. And when I was talking about somebody that we had, and I've known this girl since I was seven, yeah. um, somebody who came on board and and what they do is they fund their holidays from the interest we give them and mm. she said oh i've got some money put away that if my partner ever leaves me i'm <laughs> you know i've just got a nest egg for me to, to carry on life and i just mm. add to that all the time i've got about thirty thousand, and i said so what are you getting in the bank for that and she said well i'm getting nothing in the bank and i said well i could give you six percent mm. Straight yeah. away, I had another angel on board. Someone who I thought had no money, lived on the yeah. bread line, basically, um, or just a, with their head, heads floating. Um, and, and she's got this little nest egg. So you really yeah. have to sometimes just dig deep. Yeah, I think that's a good point, Natalie, because like when whenever people are saying to me, like, oh, I don't know why I'm doing money, like, one, make sure you are talking about it. And that's sometimes a hurdle to get across. But actually, secondly, I think it's like, speak to everyone um, without annoying them or boring them, but show your passion. And mm. it's not, I always think about, well, focus on the action here rather than the results. So if you're worried about you don't know anything with money, just start by speaking to people or posting yeah. information about what it is you're doing. Um, like if anybody wants to get involved like dm me that sort of thing online um, and then like face-to-face -face contact like you come across people every single day and mm. like particularly when you're meeting friends and family like over christmas i was saying to like um, my mentees like make sure when you're speaking to friends and family like if like everybody will just generally ask oh what have you been up to how are you getting on yeah. Like it's simple things like that where you've got an opportunity to say, oh, well, you know that I do this property thing or like you'll never guess what property, like what I saw the other day there, look at this picture, like see all the pictures. I don't know about you guys, but my phone is filled with smelly properties, refurb properties, kids and dogs. That's it. That's all that's <laughs> on my phone. Um, so whenever I'm seeing, like meeting up with people, like I'm always showing them this kind of stuff and like I always find somebody used the the term layering um before um, and I really like it because what you're talking about, Natalie, if you've been speaking to your friend for years and years about being in property, you've never necessarily thought she had any money. But it just took took this one additional conversation where the subject of how you fund stuff come up. Yeah. Um, and it's just really it's really interesting because i think like our first angel happened similarly um albeit i've not known her since i was seven but it was like my parents friend and literally she knew we were getting into property i hadn't we hadn't told many people um and every time she saw me she asked how i was getting on and then this yeah. particular time this was our second we just got our second deal accepted and i was standing on her doorstep having a chat because my grandpa stayed next door and she was like oh how are you getting on and I was like oh you'll never believe it we've just got a second deal accepted 
and um she was like oh so how, what's happened now i was like oh we just have to find the money mm. she was like what i was like yeah like we'll, we'll find somebody who'll like give us the money da, 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 da. and literally five minutes later we'd raised 48 grand from a, yeah. a conversation yeah. in Gorsic. but yeah. it was layered up to that point even though i didn't know she had money yeah yeah but because but the, she's interest but but this and and this makes us sound really mercenary doesn't it it makes us sound like the only reason we ever speak to our friends and family is because we're trying to tap them up for for money um and it's not but genuinely it's not like that at all because i i genuinely enjoy this part of the process because you know for example we raised a chunk of money last summer um to fund a, a hotel uh, development that we're currently working on and it was a lot of barbecues it was a lot of coffees and cakes and and catching up with people and when you genuinely know that what you're, you know what you're going to bring up at some point in the conversation and when you when you genuinely believe that that is an opportunity for somebody that, that you're helping them then it's a really enjoyable part of the process you don't have to feel really guilty that oh the only time I ever ring friends and family is because I'm trying to squeeze some more money out of them you know yeah, but you're not you, borrowing money you're not asking for it exactly you're giving them a good rate of return yeah that they're not exactly. going to get in if it's sitting in the bank so that's what you've got to remember that we're offering a win-win situation it's not just for our benefit it's yeah. for their benefit as well but you both made the point about not assuming so so never assume i think that's a really important tip if you like never assume that anybody does or doesn't have money Exactly. Um, you know, it's having those conversations and giving people the opportunity to ask you questions and to lead the conversation themselves. You know, the number of times that that we've fallen into that trap, I've certainly fallen into that trap of assuming that 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 either somebody wasn't in a position to invest, or you know, you you look at and it, it is a good idea to look at what somebody does for a living and 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 you know look at their circumstances or have they had a a pension recently that, that maybe they could be utilizing a little bit better so that's all good but equally don't don't assume you never know what someone's circumstances are and you need to be having those conversations and talking to people because the number of investors we've had who've come out of the woodwork and genuinely surprised us um with with how you know the level to which they've wanted to get involved yeah and, and for the new people that are just starting out who say they don't know anybody I think it's more they're uncomfortable with asking for money. Mm. So they could perhaps have um, a deal sheet, just a single deal sheet yeah. in their handbag yeah. um, and drop it on the floor. Yeah. And then just that, that starts the, the, the conversation yeah. going. Oh, yeah. look, this is the one I'm looking at at the moment. And it just starts yeah. the conversation going because I'm sure a lot of the people that say we don't know anybody with money, they don't want to do it. Yeah. I think yeah. that's the bottom line. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. I think the, the other thing that helps with that is being prepared because one thing, so my private finance document, I remember when we did our very first one, we sent it out to people to get their feedback. But actually where I got the biggest benefit of doing that private finance document is sorting out what was up here because it gave me a bit of a structure for when like some like fact I'm seeing some most of our private investors like I've not actually shown them that private finance document and um, because like they've not looked for that level of detail but mm. actually even if I've not had to show them it 
Mm-hmm. Um, like the owl, the owls, like the people who want the detail, they've all asked for it, and I've sat down and worked through it with them. But the people who haven't asked for it, it still helped me because when I've actually sat down and had a coffee with them, like it structured my brain to be able to talk about things. Yeah. Um. So I think that that being one of the first things to do really mm. helps you even yeah. feeling comfortable talking because I think part of it as well, like. One, they maybe don't know about, like, they don't, they think they don't know people about money. But secondly, as well as what happens if they, you do meet somebody and they say they have money? How mm. do you deal with that? Because that's <laughs> like another, it's, it's kind of yeah. like on the property front, like, yeah. um, like trying to find property. You're getting offer accepted. What do I do now? Yeah, like, yeah. what happens? <laughs> like, that's the yeah, thing. Probably do another podcast on that one, Mark. <laughs> Yeah, but that's so right. And I think, Natalie, what you're saying as well, I think, you know, thinking about it, it's so true that maybe sometimes, and this is a challenge I'm going to put out there to to any of our listeners, maybe sometimes when you're saying, I don't know anybody with money, what you're really doing in in the nicest possible way is, is making an excuse for the fact that, you know, it might be that you find that part of the process uncomfortable um you know or maybe maybe you have made assumptions and therefore you know if you were asked to make a list of potential investors it's very small because you've ruled a load of people out of that of that of that list as it were so i always half jokingly but half not suggest that someone makes a list of the people they think might be potential investors and then make a second list of everybody else that you know and get talking to all of those people because you know sometimes i think you know you might be saying I don't know anyone who has money, but really what you're saying is that this is something that is uncomfortable. And so I'm going to I'm going to create an excuse for myself. That's so, so true. Yeah. And I think as well, let's think about the let, let's try and head one of those excuses off as well, because I wonder if this is going to start coming up. Right. Inflation um, all, all you know, cost of living is going up. And, you know, I'm trying to talk to angel investors, but no one wants to invest because they all want to hold on to their money because they're scared because, you know, they, they, they need to have cash reserves, you know, because of the cost of living going up. So I, I'm anticipating we're going to get a lot of that over the next few weeks and months. But my, my take on that, I don't know about you guys, is completely the opposite, that surely as a potential investor, your only way out of that scenario, if you like, is to make is to, is to make your money work for you to such a point that you outstrip inflation. Yeah. And, and that's what we're giving the opportunity for people to do, right? Yeah, a really good way to do that is for them to get paid interest like monthly. So they're actually yeah. seeing so that additional month yeah. coming in. It's like you're getting paid every month. Um, yeah. So for somebody who yeah. maybe is thinking that, if they've got like 20, 30 grand in the bank, then if yeah. they got that interest monthly, that would be quite a nice thing for them to see yeah. um, coming in. It might help the conversation as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the, just out of interest, what's the minimum amount? Do you have a minimum investment amount? So right now, I would probably say about 10, 20,000. Um, okay. However, yeah. we have taken in 5,000 before. Yeah. And actually, we still got it like three years later. Yeah. Um, it just keeps rolling on and I'm fine with that. It's obviously got a lower interest rate than some other yeah. investors, but um, just because it's 
obviously a smaller amount, but actually, if you think like 10, 15,000 pounds, that's a refurb for yeah, exactly. a lot of cases. Exactly right. Yeah. I would never say there was a minimum amount because somebody might just be testing the waters. Yes. So they exactly. might want to just give you five to start with. And when you give it back to them at the end of the term, then they might say, okay, so that was just a, a trial. Here's some more. Yeah. So yeah. if you turn them away with £5,000, you might actually be turning yourself away from, you know, a lot more money as well. And it's taking the long-term view on it, isn't it? Because I know we've got a couple of investors who are pretty young, um, but they've come out of university into some decent graduate jobs. You know, they've got they've got some spare cash off off the back of that, and you know, for them, you know, they've amassed a little bit of savings. Their first their first amount of savings, and they're wanting to do something with that. And like you said, Natalie, it may be that yeah, it's three grand or it's it's five grand, but you know, as they progress and they can see that that's working, you know, not only might that be something that evolves for them but it might be something they tell their friends about it might be something that builds the network from that point but i i, I wanted to ask you that because i and we're the same um ideally 5k is is kind of minimum um but i i wonder if some of our listeners will be surprised by that um and and therefore that might immediately broaden your list of people that have money if if it's actually they only need to have three grand or five grand or whatever it might be. And then you go, oh, well, yeah, I know some people who've got that much. I thought that, you know, that we wouldn't even mess around with anything less than 30 kind of thing. Yeah, so, you see. So, again, it's a, a supposition. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely. So, okay, so let's let's just tackle this. So I've never – I don't think I've ever actually known this to be true uh, because of all the reasons that we've already talked about. But what if someone genuinely – doesn't have family members or close friends that either have money or, or are willing to part with it, are willing to invest it. What if that is genuinely true? What other ways can we be um, finding, approaching angel investors? Colleagues. Yep. They must all work. Yeah. Um, so they've got people at work they can do. And then you have to go to the outside circle about, do you know anybody who, even the people you know, do you know anybody? Yeah. yeah so They could also be in clubs as well. Yeah. Also, if they're going along to property networking events or also yeah. at other networking events where I suppose it's like, think about where these people want to hang out. Yeah. And people and hang out there in the nicest possible way, not, not predatory or anything. But yeah. Like yeah. Just, just think the gym yeah like i know people who've got like investment of their personal trainers and things like that because mm. people we're human beings we like to chat and we like to ask questions of each other hairdressers yeah. your hairdresser is a good one because actually it's maybe not even your hairdresser but um like i mean i i know my hairdresser very well she's my cousin and we chat about everything right but the amount of things a hairdresser gets told. I've heard of people getting yeah, investment yeah. through the hairdresser. Um, but there's so many. I think like going back to like what you were saying earlier on about pension mark, one of the one of the areas that's really became a big a bigger thing for us actually over the last few years is um particularly in property circles or business owner circles, is if you have somebody who's got a SAS pension. Mm -hmm. um they could they could lend you money from their SAS pension yeah. if you can give them a good return 
Um, And the more you get into circles like that, and it's probably taken us a few years, like we've got our own SAS pension, and even that gives us an opportunity because we can chat to people on a kind of level playing field. But even having a bit of awareness about that type of pension could help if you're speaking to somebody who has one. Yeah, definitely. And it's, again, it's just having the knowledge, isn't it? Because we can help people in that position um, who, you know, potentially don't know how to make optimum use of, of, a, of a lump sum from their pension or something like that. We can actually help them put that money to better use and go that little bit further. And you mentioned um, networking, which is one of the first things that jumped to my mind as well, is, is actually getting out to networking events. But again, the number of people I speak to who are struggling to sort of find investors outside of their network and they say well I you know I'm going to I'm going to sort of property networking events two or three times a week and so why are you going to property networking events everybody wants to raise money at property networking events you need to go to your local business networks and you know sort of move, move out of those circles a little bit and and present yourself as um you know a, a present it as an opportunity for people there's um, BNI meetings out there as yeah. well, which is just for yeah. businesses. All those sorts of things. They often, yeah. often very early in the morning. Can you can you get involved in a, a club or an activity or something that you don't currently do that puts you, you know, around people, you know, a little bit more just generally, or or a little bit more people that that might, you know, have more access to more disposable income so you know like you said health clubs gyms sports clubs you know taking yourself out of your comfort zone a little bit and thinking well maybe what i need to do initially is expand my own network and and i need to start moving in in bigger circles and you know you start talking to people in that environment and you just don't know what will come off the back of some of those kind of conversations yeah you just have to to go where other people aren't going to get money, basically. Yeah. So property yeah. networking events are probably is probably the worst place to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're preaching. It's great to, to meet other investors and you know yeah. share your yeah. experience for different reasons, but not to yeah. get money. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think that's I think that's the, the the main thing that I wanted to cover off on this episode. Really, was just if, if that's what's in your head that that you don't know anybody that's got money we're just challenging you on that a little bit let's let's just first of all check and challenge yourself like you know am i actually saying that because i don't want to step out of my comfort zone and have those kind of conversations and and do i need to actually change my mindset to money a little bit so that those conversations aren't uncomfortable at all they're quite you know they're, they're very positive conversations to have with people we always use the line with our investors um, you know, this this deal is essentially funded. You know, I've got I've got a mortgage broker who's on the case. We've got access to bridging. We've got access to development finance, whatever it might be. But I would much rather that those funds go to you than to a soulless bank or building society. And it's things like that that t- put a totally different spin on it, right? We're not asking people to help us as such. Although, you know, I'm always really open. I'm sure you guys are about how it is advantageous for us to work with with angels it's quicker it's easier and everything else but it's really about giving people that we know and love and friends and family an opportunity yes um, and so is that an excuse is the first thing i like, ask yourself that question and also 
Is it because you are being too narrow in your thinking? Like, you know, are you making assumptions about people or are you making assumptions about the amount of money that needs to be raised? Um, and if you were to change that, does that open up more conversations that could be had? I yeah. think that's the, the main and thing. And even if you think you don't away. know anybody who's got money, just just practice on those people anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Because and that's, it, that's yeah, what it is. A... It's, just, it's just, the, you know not having the confidence to actually speak about the money. So practice on the people that you say have got no money and yeah. you might be pleasantly surprised. That's a really good point, actually. That's a really good one for us to finish on because it's it's what they're really potentially saying is, I don't have money that I want to invest yet. You know, so that, that, that might be. So it doesn't mean that, you know, someone slammed the door in your face and you never revisit with them again. It might be that actually when the time is right, and that's yeah. where social media comes in, right? You know, you're putting stuff out there consistently on social media so that when the time is right, people will reach out to you and ask, what is all this about? How can I get involved? And we know people, we were talking about it before the call, we know people who've been watching our progress and, uh, you know, for, for six, seven years and have only recently sort of come out of the woodwork and, and reached out. And that just might be because you know, your message suddenly landed at a time that made sense for them. James had a little, my, my son, who, for other listeners that don't know, we invest together, and he had a little I buy houses yeah. um, on his key ring, yeah. on his key fob. And when he went to get a tyre changed at Quick Fit, somebody just asked, what's all this about? Mm. And he said, yeah. well, we use angel investors um, and we use their money to buy houses so it's a win-win situation and this yeah. was very early on in our journey and he said well i've got 100 grand i'd like to invest them <laughs> so Amazing. you just don't know where that money's coming from so again yeah. talking to people is so important yeah yeah absolutely and it's the first step to that really and i remember actually it took me a while the number of times i came away i remember specifically actually jill coming away from the from the barbers from the hairdresser thinking why have I just told that when they asked, well, what do you do? I told them my day job and I thought, why have I done that? What have I possibly got to gain from telling them what my day job is? And from that point, I really made a concerted effort to say, I am a property investor. I work with it. You know exactly what you've said, Natalie, because you just got to put it out there. haven't You You have to on the golf course. Yeah. People who play yeah. golf have got a lot of time. Why have they got a lot of time? They're either retired or they've got businesses that have got a lot of money yeah yeah absolutely yeah. yeah so it's just literally speaking it doesn't it's actually not complicated it's just no. well sometimes getting over yourself like talking to people about it and just opening up and just sharing what you're doing and, and why you're doing it yeah and the more times you practice it it becomes easier mm. so even though it's a problem for a lot of people at the beginning once you do it a few times, it just becomes a part of your job description, as it were, because yeah. that's what it is our job. A property investment is our job. So it's part of our job description to go out and find money. Do you find yeah. as well that as, as you as you do it more often, as you get better at it, you also get a little bit more brazen, a little bit more confident? Because you can once put, you... Yeah, you put the interest <laughs> down low, the rates well, it's, lower. Yeah, but it's more like um, because we know that. 
yeah we know that we're helping people so actually we we just cut to the chase and we think you know whereas early on you're you're really tiptoeing around the topic and 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 dropping these real subtle hints you know quite often now we go hey look we've got a great deal you know what we do we've got a great deal on the table do you want to get involved exactly you know, and, just, and just cut to the chase because we know we're not you know we're not going out with a begging bowl like we said we're creating an opportunity for someone and that's the bottom line so it is a mindset shift that needs to happen first absolutely we see those opportunities because we're always spotting we're always looking yeah. out for opportunities yeah, yeah. those other people don't think like we do yeah yeah absolutely so to give it to them on the plate is is what they really want and that's what we're doing Brilliant. That's fantastic. I think we have well and truly solved that problem, I think. So, um, you know, anyone listening to this episode, hopefully, you know, that gives you a little bit of a reason to just uh, check and challenge yourself a little bit, just challenge some of those assumptions, but hopefully some practical tips as well so that you can actually um, start to build your network. And, and actually, you will realize that if the deal is good enough, that there are investors out there who want to get involved. So, Thank you so much, Jill and Natalie, for your time and input into that. That's been fantastic. And um, I will speak to you both again very soon. Thanks, Mark. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Take Thank care, you. guys. Bye. See you soon. Yeah, bye. bye. I used to feel so apprehensive about the prospect of approaching people for investment. My own mindset towards money is unrecognizable from what it was just a few years ago. And I can honestly say that we wouldn't have scaled to the point where we are now if it wasn't for the support of our own network of angel investors. And we built that network using exactly the methodology we've covered during this episode. I really hope you found this useful and that you now feel more comfortable to go out and do the same. To network with a whole host of other like-minded investors and property experts, why not head on over to the Property World System community on Facebook and please like and subscribe to the podcast. Thanks again for listening and I will catch you on the next episode.